This episode of Dawn of Mantis is brought to you by DadSuggests.com. That is fatherly advice on books, movies, games, and more. So if you're looking for some good content, some good high quality content, uh, a way to spend time with your kids um, to enrich your life and theirs, go there and get some suggestions. Yes. Have you thought about abandoning your family because you can't find quality activities and things to do with them? I have. But with, with DagSuggest.com, <laughs> you can alleviate those those worries and, uh, and and find all the things you need to have quality time. I just think it's funny. Have you thought about abandoning your family? <laughs> <laughs> the people that have thought about it, this site's probably not for them. It's really not. If you've thought about it, <laughs> seek Please help. seek help. I mean, still go to the website. Yeah. But oh, yeah. you need you need a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. But for yeah, you gotta get the car running before you want to get the paint job on there. <laughs> does it make right. sense? Yeah. It does, I think. All right. Also, be sure to check out dawnofmantis.com for episode updates and more. And now on with the show. Quiet your mind. Ever since the earth has circled the sun, there have been fantastic tales of wonder and mystery that the faint of heart dare not discuss. But two brave, uninformed souls have the brass to tackle every extraordinary happenstance from the modern age to the dawn of Mantis. Hey, Joe, do you recognize that little tune playing in the background? Yeah, that's a blast from the past. It is. This is the Where on Earth. So back, um, you know, what, 20 episodes ago, um, Mm -hmm. we were, that was kind of our intro then when we were true crime, um, mysterious disappearances and people that have fleed the, uh, it's fleed, that's not right, (laughs) flown, have, have escaped the clutches of law enforcement. Yes. And never to be seen again. Yeah. That was our, that was our shtick in the beginning. That's right. And that, when was the beginning? A year ago. That's right. So, uh, so playing some, uh, crazy music to some dark music. Now we're going on to a a happy birthday song, but it is our birthday. We need some of those like whistle things that confetti. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It is our birthday. We are now one year old. Um, yeah. I don't know what to say about that, but we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like I said before, we started off in true crime. Then we decided, I love the Beatles, but I gotta, I gotta shut them off. Yeah. It has to end sometime. Um, yeah. I love the true crime, but I'm kind of glad that we kind of <clears throat> brainstorm and now we can just do any any topic. Yeah, yeah. And it was, you know, it, it would have been exactly a year. We would have been doing a podcast on our exact birthday. But, like, once again, I think for the second time we had to skip a week because of, I wasn't sick this, well, I guess I was sick with a sinus infection and uh, laryngitis. I had no voice. Um, I mean, I had a little bit of a voice and then my band did two shows and I blew blew it out and there was no way to, to continue with that. So, uh, 
Anyway, it kind of say so it's we're a year and a week old, I guess. Yeah, a year and a week. And you know, you some people might be saying, I don't know if you're good at math or not, but we have a total of I think this makes our 33rd episode. So you might be saying, well, there's 54 weeks or 52 weeks in a year. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, why why don't you have 52 week 52 episodes? Well, um after we decided to change from where on earth is to Dawn of Mantis, we took a couple months off or a few months off to reformat and kind of decide how we wanted to do it and we did we know we pre-recorded some bits and found opening music and and ivan did graphics uh you know for what you see on the thumbnail on itunes and all the different venues and uh it takes a little bit of work you know yeah it does and And even uh, even like a tv show i mean if it's on for a year it doesn't have 52 episodes right that's true yeah that's true you, you know they take some time off um anyway so What's uh, what are we talking about today? Today we're going to talk about this. Is something you suggested after our last episode? Yeah. So I just always thought about this witness protection program thing. Yeah. I, I've you've always seen it in movies and TV shows and things like that. And I was just we we're just kind of sitting here and I was like, how real is that? I mean, and is it that you know you always watch a movie to where just some normal family is has to uproot and move somewhere else because someone saw something and they don't want to be murdered. Um, but I always wondered if it was, if there were a lot of tales like that, or if most people that needed to be in witness pr- protection um, were kind of shady to begin with. Yeah, I just didn't think that it was like, you know, the good family <laughs> that all of a sudden they have to have different last names and they have to move schools and right. things like that. So, um, so I let, I was kind enough to let Joe do a whole bunch of research and, and he's going to, he's going to answer my, I basically used Joe as like a Google cause I didn't want to Google it. So, um, you know, I said that to him and he went and researched it. So, Hey, you know, what a good friend to have, right? <laughs> so as usual, as we usually do, I, I always like to know the history, the origins of things, you know? So the history of the witness protection program, the first version of it in the U S and this is in the United States, uh, you know, uh, every country or almost every country has their version of this. And even inside the United States, some States have their own versions of mm-hmm. this, but this is the United States witness protection program. Okay. Uh, the first was basically started with the Ku Klux Klan act in 1871 to protect people testifying against the KKK. Not long after the FBI would also be known to sometimes create new identities uh, for certain witnesses when the situation called for it. But the only U.S. officially established, um, I'm sorry, but the, but the U.S. officially established a formal witness protection program with the Organized Crime Control Act in 1970. It's commonly known as the Witness Security Program or the WITSEC, W-I-T. I've heard of that. S-E-C. You have? WITSEC. I never have. I've heard of it somewhere. WITSEC. I don't know where. So, yeah, from now on, when we say WITSEC, you'll know what we're talking about. It is <laughs> Not ran- WITSEC. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it is commonly known as the Witness Security Program or WITSEC. It is ran by the U.S. Marshal Service and is uh, obviously a federal program. However, some states such as California, Connecticut, Illinois, New York, Texas, and also uh, Washington, D.C. offer their own witness protection. These other programs typically offer less protection than the feds do. Before any type of witness protection was offered, it was far more difficult to get people to testify in criminal court for obvious reasons. I always think of that thing where we'll have an officer set by your 
out in your driveway. <laughs> and then you go out there and, you know, you're just going to, hey, I'll take him a cup of coffee. Yeah. And his throat is slit. <laughs> oh, no. The mob oh. got to him. Officer Jenkins, what happened? Anyway, yeah, no, I mean. I've but, probably seen that in a movie. Yeah, and see, that's one thing we're going to do is dispel a lot of movie myths and television myths with the witness protection. See, program. you know, it's kind of it's kind of a sad thing, but you get older and you see these things on TV and then you start wondering and you read and then you realize like, oh no, I'm ruining everything. <laughs> I'm like, which is a good thing, but it is kind of it is kind of sad whenever you, you know, like shatter your view of something. Yeah, hey, you, I had my own romanticized version of this. Yeah, in my exactly. Head, and exactly. you're messing it all up. Yeah, yeah. It, that's kind of sad, but it's actually being an adult. For yeah. some reason, I see John Lithgow like looking out his kitchen window and seeing a and seeing a murder. And that did I watch a movie like that or something? I don't know, but that sounds like a good movie. And then you know, uh, they find out that he reported it, and now he needs witness protection. Oh yeah, I see that in my head. I see John Lithgow. Sounds why. like a good movie. <laughs> yeah. John Lithgow in Murder Viewed from Afar. <laughs> That's a long title. Law enforcement assesses the level. Now, this is the criteria. Because you might wonder, you know, how do you, uh, what what gets you into witness protection? Um, what criteria do you have to meet? Law enforcement assesses the level of danger a particular witness is facing when considering witness protection. They make an analysis of the person who is doing the threatening and determine whether or not the threatening party has the resources and intent to carry out those threats. They also take into account how credible and serious the threats appear to be. Another important thing to remember is you have to request to be placed into the pro- program. Law enforcement... Ivan's popular. His phone's blowing up. <laughs> That's my witness protection sponsor. <laughs> my, my liaison. You, uh, you, you have to be... Uh, you have to request to be placed in witness protection. You know, law enforcement doesn't pull you aside and say, Hey, these are some pretty sketchy characters you're up against. I would, you would think if it was a high profile, they would. And some prosecutor might say, it's like, Hey, let's get that person some help. Yeah. Oh, you're testifying against Tony, the Greek. (laughs) You need some protection. No, I, apparently they don't, you know, yeah. One has to go and, and, uh, it's just like, I guess if your loved one goes missing, you know, uh, you have to file a missing person's report. Um, okay. I'll give you a hypothetical. What if you saw something and you went to the police and they said, no, we can't help you. What would you do? Other than the obvious South thing is to barricade in your house with a firearm. You turn into Liam Neeson. You would go after them. One man. Requested witness protection and it was denied. We're doing. We're making another idea for so a movie. We got the Lithgow idea. If you're if you're a screenwriter and you need some ideas, hit us up. Yeah. We got the Lithgow one. He's washing dishes, sees a murder, and now we have another one where the guy decides to. He's like going to go on. They won't protect him, so right. he's going to protect himself. So it cuts to Liam Neeson, and he's on the phone. If you touch my family, yeah, I'll tell your throats out. I could see some some line that some someone could craft craftfully you know, make to where he's sitting there. He's like, you know, I'm not going to be defensive. I'm going to be offensive. Yeah. What do you mean, honey? <laughs> These guys aren't going to quit until they're dead. And I am to make that happen. And then the voice movie, the movie voice comes back in when it's either them or you. 
It has to be them. Liam Neeson, <laughs> Jennifer Connelly, uh, and... Jessica Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Simpson? I forgot she existed. She was in like one movie. She was Daisy Duke. She's making a comeback in this movie. She is. Jessica Simpson. And also... Oh. The Rock. <laughs> yeah, because he's in everything. But he's not The Rock. <laughs> and also, the guy who played Balky Bartokamos in Perfect Strangers. <laughs> this summer, you will need protection. <laughs> uh, what could it, what was the, what's the title? Something. Trojan Condoms brings you. No, it's kidding. <laughs> um. <laughs> I was trying to think of something like witness, like a play on witness protection. I don't know. Uh, there's a Larry the Cable Guy movie called Witless Protection. Is there not? I've Wait, never seen uh, it. Maybe. I think, uh, it, yeah, literally. Uh, it sounds, Witless Protection. It sounds it's like something clever. that's pretty highbrow, probably. <laughs> yeah, it was right up there with, uh, with uh, what was it called? Um, Delta Farce. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> when the title is the funniest thing, you're in trouble. Um, anyway. Oh. Okay. All right. So this is how it works. Once accepted, you and your family are immediately picked up by U.S. Marshals and taken to a facility near Washington, D.C., where you go through an orientation and training on how to best utilize the program. I'd like to get uh, my hands on that slideshow. <laughs> So you needed witness protection. Witness. So you need witness protection. Yeah, witness Slide protection one. and you. Slide two. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And yeah, the guy's reading the PowerPoint to you. He's not even like going off script. It's like, great, these guys got it. I don't know how seriously they're taking this. This facility can accommodate up to six families and is bomb-proof. You will all be given new social security numbers. Bomb-proof? Is that good terminology? I mean, that's... Oh, you're saying you're saying it's literally bomb-proof. It's bomb-proof. Oh, I thought you meant... I thought it meant that it was, like, really good. Oh. <laughs> I thought you meant it was, like, foolproof. And I thought you were, like, like throwing in bomb-proof. I was, it's no, not like, going to fail. It's bomb-proof. It no, you mean it's like a bomb. Withstand can, a blast from a bomb. Oh, I don't know. I, I totally... That's to terrible comprehension. This facility is the bomb. That is terrible listening comprehension on my part. I apologize. That's like low level. He's stuff. like he's like playing word scramble on his phone. Wait, did you say it's it was the bomb? What'd you say? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. It was so funny. <laughs> but yeah, I could see it's bomb proof. Because uh, in the middle of the slideshow, like there's a bomb. You know, that would totally ruin that guy's presentation. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do our jobs. They followed us here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sure this is I'm sure this is legit. And I mean it is, obviously. Yeah, but it's not happening to us, so we can make light of it. <laughs> that's, what we, that's what we say about everything. <laughs> we were never murdered. You will all be given new social security numbers and new names. Even your children's school records will be copied and put back into the system, but under their new identities. I found one incident in which the parents requested that their child's grades be improved during this process, but the feds denied the request. <laughs> so many jokes right there. I better not. Oh, then just wait for this one. Another strange request <laughs> I found was by a husband who said, this is true, who suggested that his wife would be better disguised if she had breast implants. Oh, she would. Because <laughs> you, you want anything to take ten attention away. Isn't that the most logical thing? <laughs> no one's looking at her face, right? If she's, if she's carrying around double D's. Well, hey, you just brought a whole new form of logic into that. <laughs> Like, did you, you went into town. Did you see her? No. 
saw this really hot girl though. Yeah. You know? But it wasn't Martha. It wasn't her. No her, way it was her, her. Her chest is as flat as an ironing board. All right, let's go to the next town. I mean, she's carrying mosquito bites. It was not Martha. <laughs> oh. It was not that's, Martha. That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> After orientation, you are then relocated to a new area. There's not much information on the criteria marshals use to choose the new location other than the fact that it needs to be a place in which witnesses will blend in easily. So if you are an African-American gentleman with an African, you know, African-American family, they'll put you in a place where you will blend in. They won't, they're not going to put you in, I don't know, help me. Like, yeah. It's like some like all white neighborhood and it's like that new show that's on ABC or whatever. What's that? It? What show? There's a show where it's like a white guy that lives next to like, I guess in a black neighborhood oh. and it plays on the fact that he's real straight laced and Hey, you know, Oh, what's that show with uh, there's a show that's like that already. Well, every black TV show has a, like a one white guy. That's like real nerdy. Yeah. What's um? it's Bern, not Bernie Mac. I guess he passed away, but no, it's like it's another one. Cedric the entertainer. Yes. That's yeah. the one I'm talking okay, about. Okay. I've seen that. Yeah. I've yeah. seen that. Yeah. It's okay. pretty good from what I've seen. Like, hey man, did you know when I was a uh, really young, when I was a kid, I lived in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And uh, we lived in a black neighborhood. We, oh, were, yeah. we were literally the only white. The first friend I ever had. Were you in the witness protection program and they messed up? <laughs> Maybe we were. I don't know. Oh, okay. If, if we were, they put us, we did not blend in. Yeah. I was going to say, like, the new guy's like, let me see. Yeah. Let's throw a dart and this is where we're going to put this family. Let's put this blonde, this young blonde lady and her redheaded, pasty white child. Right, I, a, it might be brilliant. A black neighborhood it might in Detroit. Be, they'd never look there. <laughs> but my first friend I ever had in my life, other you know, other than someone who was related to me, mm-hmm. was a little black boy named Weedy. And oh, that yeah. was his nickname. I don't okay. know what his real name was. Yeah. But hey, man, uh, listen. Uh, if there's a if there's a guy out there whose nickname was Weedy in about 1984 or so, 1983, and you lived in Detroit and you were friends with a little redheaded white boy, that was me. Yeah. Uh, hey, you got Email the podcast. Yeah. Donamantis.com. Don- Go to contact us. Let's reconnect, man. Uh, wouldn't that be amazing? Dude, I have a. We'd I, be on the news for that. Probably so. That'd be crazy. We should do one of those reunion episodes. And here's proof. Where we meet at the airport and you guys hug and stuff and there's like <laughs> soft music or like, like inspirational music playing. That'd be fantastic. Not that you'd hug them just because you hadn't seen them forever. Well, here's, a, might here's, be a, handshake. here's a memory. Okay. Because I was so young. It's really one of the only memories I have of him. But I, they, they lived right next to us. And uh, I remember that, uh, well, we both were barefoot a lot because it's ever all the memory I have of Detroit was summer. But anyway, he had came over to my house and we were walking back over to his house and there was a fire ant hill that we didn't see. And he accidentally walked through it. And I'll never forget, like he had an older sister who ran over because he started just like dancing around and like yelling because mm-hmm. I guess they were biting or stinging his feet or whatever. And so she grabbed him up. And she's like, oh, my God, what's wrong? And she grabbed him up and ran him over to the house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I still have that memory. So anyway, Weedy, hit me up, man. Yeah. Contact us. Contact us. I'm sure he's been listening. Let's this get whole you on time. the podcast. It's like, I knew I knew that guy. Yeah. He <laughs> sounded familiar, even though this was 35 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> it's my little ginger friend. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Anyway, so after orientation, you are then relocated to a new area. Uh, yeah, we already covered that. I should probably like mark where we are before when we go off on our no, tangents. No, right. um, The program does not provide the funds, though, to relocate you. Um, oh, I'm sorry. It does. I was reading about something else where it didn't provide. I had some questions about like what they pay for and what they don't. And um, I had a little list of what they don't pay for. I scrapped that and was like, let's just talk about the few things that they do. But they do provide the funds to relocate you. 
and set you up in a new living quarters. But after the initial setup, you are expected to get your own job and provide for yourself and your family. So it's not a totally free ride. Um, on average, a family is given roughly $60,000 during the relocation process and expected to find their employment within six months. Once in the program, you are in it for life unless you take one of three avenues out. Oh, wow. Can, can you guess what they might be? And I'll tell you how close you are. There's three, well, ways, I wonder if, three ways out. I wonder Don't if the look person... At my papers. No, I'm not. I did, but I wasn't really... <laughs> you were looking at the papers. I wasn't looking for answers, though. I was just kind of looking down. I wonder if the person that you're, that you're testifying against is maybe um, put in jail for life or maybe he gets a death penalty. Does that, does that factor in? That way you don't have to worry anymore? Um, no, that wasn't one of the three that I found. But that makes sense. Why would you have to be in witness protection? And if because the, a lot of the stuff's bigger than just one person, I would imagine. Well, maybe so, especially with mafia. Because, I mean, why would you put a whole family in witness protection when you could just arrest the one guy? So, yeah, maybe that doesn't make sense. Well, a lot of these rules... I know it's through the... Like, like you know, they're going through the motions of, like, trial and all that stuff. Yeah, and a lot you of these... You can't just arrest him because the, you think he's a threat, or he or she, but... You know. Yeah, and I'll say this now. Most of these rules came about through most of the people who have needed witness protection are were in the mob world. They okay. were, and they turned over on you know their mob boss. That makes sense. That makes sense. And so what does the mafia do? They go after your family. Yeah. So that's, that's why true. the whole family has yeah. to go. Yeah, I understand that. But the first way is if you can leave voluntarily. A lot of times children of protected witnesses do this, but in doing so, they have to basically divorce themselves from their parents. And, you know, you can never have anything to do with your parents. So their again. parents are their parents stay and their kids leave. Yeah. Like if, you know, if the, if the kids who were like maybe three or four at the time grow up and they're like, look, you know, this is your deal. This was this this was your thing. Yeah. The kids can once they, I guess, reach a legal age, a, a adult age, mm-hmm. they can leave the program. Yeah. But, you know, they can't go back and visit mom and dad on Christmas or whatever. Yeah. It's like yeah. you're out. That That seems really shady that the parents are like. You know, we're afraid, you know, sorry, we'll never see you again. Yeah. But we don't want to be killed. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems like you might want to stick your neck out that point a little bit. That'd be quite a pickle. I don't know. <laughs> but you go get killed and be, go back to where we used to live. <laughs> you know, it seems kind of, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But keep going. Well, the second way is if, and the, I have some funny stories with this one. If you violate the terms of the witness protection program, like you keep trying to connect with somebody back in your old town, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and another example and that would be hard for anyone to to, you know, you got good friends or like family members, you'd probably try to secretly have some kind of, and they'd trace that, you yeah. know, if uh, you know if they're a, if they're an organized mob. I wonder what Rebecca's doing now. Yeah, you can't find out you're in witness protection. Yeah, there yeah, was. I saw her on Facebook. She just got divorced. Yeah, she's probably. It'd be even easier on the now. rebound, and it'd be so easy now to <laughs> to be one of those mob people and like you just wait, you just watch somebody and wait, you know. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna mess up. Yeah, you're and gonna then, slip, and then Johnny the Jew is gonna get you. Yeah. I don't know if there was everyone, anyone ever called. Yeah, there was. There was like a Benny the Jew or something. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think he was Jewish. Johnny's better. Here's a funny example, though. John Patrick Tully, he was an ex-mafia hitman uh, turned hot dog stand owner. That's true. In witness protection, he blew his cover. You want to know how? He ran for mayor of Austin, Texas, using his real name. Oh, man. Just stick with the hot dogs. 
I guess he wanted to make a difference. Another mobster. They don't give you alternate names. I mean, I guess you don't have to take it. If they you gave don't want him it. a new name, but and he, he ran his, for mayor using his his John did he Patrick. Get, did they take him out? Yeah, they kicked him out of the. No, I don't know if oh. I, I don't think he got murdered. Oh, uh, okay. But he was kicked out of the witness protection program because yeah. you know you could. They'd be like, "Look, we did all this work to set you up and gave you all this money to to move you, and you're gonna you jackass, you're gonna run for mayor. You, I don't want to call him a jackass. He's an ex mafia hitman. You, that was not a." That's not the brightest thing you ever did. But yeah. you know what? Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone. John Patrick Tully, if you're listening, I've made mistakes. I get it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Okay. And hey, <laughs> he wanted to be a civil servant. He wanted to make a difference. Yeah. So that's, you know, that was that he put that beyond his own his own safety. <laughs> so we're talking shit about, shit about John Tully and I look over and there's a red dot on <laughs> Ivan's forehead. <laughs> Holy crap. All right. And then I start and then you start talking crap about him and it switches to you. <laughs> it like goes back and forth. Like yeah. one of us apologizes and, it's, and it goes back to the other <laughs> That'd guy. Be a pretty funny skit. He's like, oh, okay. SNL. No, yeah. That'd be a cool SNL <laughs> it skit. would be. <laughs> they can have it if they're listening. Yep. We're all like, if they're listening, there's like eight people listening. <laughs> Listen, if if these people are listening, like we're Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah. We've got five yeah. million listeners. Who, I want to be professional. Be I want to talk like there's thousands of people listening. And if there's not, that's fine. But if there is, cool. Yeah, that's true. And maybe there will be later. And then they'll go back and listen to these. And it'll still be consistent, right? It will be. But another mobster, a Gambino family associate named Joseph Joe Dogs Anuzi. And I want you to call me Joe Dogs from now on. Okay, Joe Dogs. Violated the terms of his protection by releasing a cookbook called The Mafia Cookbook, containing many of he and his criminal buddy's favorite recipes. <laughs> yeah, he could, he could have called it any other name, but he called it the Mafia one, so his Mafia people would be like, hey, did you hear we have a cookbook from some Mafia guy? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy it from Amazon. That's Look, who wrote it? This yeah. guy we want to kill. Hey, didn't uh, didn't Tommy the Turd put him dead? <laughs> I don't think that'd be a very good mafia name. Tommy the Turd. <laughs> he did. Tommy Two Toes the Turd. <laughs> That's awesome. Tommy the Turd. The third way out is you die. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. So That makes sense. That gets you out of everything. When you yeah. die, you're out of everything. You know, you got taxes to pay. You die. <laughs> it's over. You're trapped in a, a loveless marriage. You die. You're out. You hate yeah. your job. You die. No worries. Here, like the listeners are like, is he promoting suicide? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm just kidding, guys. Jesus Christ. Well, I'm you got to find a positive. Sure. Of it. Sure. There's no other positive. Hey, you know, Frank, he did blow his brains out, but on the plus side, you don't have to pay taxes no more, right? I mean, the government's not going to get any of his dollars from. Well, now the Beatles on. said, uh, you know, make sure to clear the pennies on your eyes in the Taxman song. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. He will tax the air you breathe. Isn't that another line? Yeah. 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 That's because they man. were being taxed. They were being taxed something like 85% on any money they made from foreign sales, record sales. Jesus. Yeah, that's the, they were so anti the London or the British invasion of the United States. They were, They didn't want the United States people to... You know, they really didn't want their bands to go over and do that, I guess. Yeah. So they, they set up this crazy tax rate. That's crazy. So then, Why uh, would they hate the George Brits? Harris, George, George Harrison, what? Why would they hate the Brits? Well, the Brits hated that the Brits were leaving. Oh, so okay. the, the, the the tax rate in Brit, Great Britain was, was then 85%. Okay, okay, so, okay. So George Harrison wrote that song um, about that. He was really angry. Hey, I just, why have you watched uh, 
Bohemian Rhapsody yet? I have. I just watched it like uh, last weekend. Okay, we just watched it last night. One of, one of my favorite lines is when the, one of the reporters asked Freddie Mercury, you know, Freddie, why don't you get your teeth fixed? And he's like, oh, I live in Britain. I wouldn't want to stand out. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> What'd you think about that movie uh, on tangent for a minute? What'd you think? I liked it. Yeah, I um, thought it was really good. I, I like Queen. Yeah, I, me too. I always have. Oh, yeah, me too. And my daughter, you know, she's mm-hmm. 13. Mm-hmm. I told her, I was like, you know, when the when your little friends at school start talking about Queen, let them know you've already liked them for a few years. Yeah. Not because a movie came out. But, yeah. but, 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 but. If the movie gets more people liking them sure. in, in this younger generation, I don't mean to malign that. That's good. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Um, I love the movie. I yeah. thought Rami Malek did a great job. I did too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I knew I knew some about them, but so I learned some. I mean, I did too. Yeah. So it's it's um, and it's supposed to be, um, you know, they use a lot of people to make it pretty factual. Yeah. There's on YouTube. I don't know exactly what it's called. But it's a it's a scene by scene. Yeah, com- you watched I've seen it. That. Yeah, man. Keep I, keep describing it for them, though. Well, I kind of fast forwarded to uh, Wembley Stadium to okay. Live Aid. Okay, but man, I'm telling you, Rami Malek must have watched Freddie for hours and hours and hours because it's side by side. On, on you know, on the right you've got the mm-hmm. movie, on the left you've got the real thing, and I mean it's almost just like double yeah. vision. It, it's Even the crazy. Cu- the the cup setting on the piano. Or the same arrangement. They were arrangement, same cups. The only thing, the only thing where I was like, "Whoa, that that's obvious," was whenever Freddie Mercury sits down at the piano and he's. It's when he's beginning to play Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. um, and the real the real Freddie Mercury at the time uses his left arm to adjust something on top of the piano. Mm-hmm. Rami Malek, for some reason, reaches across and uses his right arm. Oh yeah. So that was the only thing where I was like, yeah. "Whoa, that's completely opposite." That's yeah. weird. But well, if that's the only thing, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, because, you know, Freddie, and I, one thing I didn't know was that Freddie Mercury found out, I didn't know he found out that he had AIDS before Live Aid. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Because it showed them when they were... I think that was a pretty, you know, close guarded secret for a long time. It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, he didn't He didn't announce that he had AIDS until the day before he died. Yeah. And that was in like that's, 1990. Yeah, that's crazy. But I'm, um, I'm kind of glad I was afraid they were going to have that whole his health decline in the movie. Yeah. And, you know, um, it sounds kind of bad for me to say, but like I didn't really want to set through like like that. That would be pretty rough. Well, I don't think Freddie Mercury would have wanted to. Like he says in the yeah, movie, I'm not going to be the AIDS po- poster yeah, boy. I'm yeah. going to be Freddie effing Mercury. But then you know? I feel kind of guilty even saying that, like it would be inconvenient for me to set through <laughs> 10 minutes of his decline when he did it for years, you know, it's like, yeah, but man, I'll tell you what's really sad. And I mean, it, it really, it gets me emotional. It's one of, it's one of Lexi's, it might be her favorite, uh, queen song is, um, these are the days. Mm-hmm. It's the last song they did. Yeah. And it's the last video they did. And Freddie, you know, I watched the making of that video and, uh, and Brian May was saying, you know, he was so weak that he would have to lean up against an amplifier, you know, between takes and, and then he would just pull, pull something. I mean, he's, you can see in that video, mm-hmm. he's skin and bones, Yeah. but I guess he wanted to make music right up until literally yeah. his last breath. It's yeah. just crazy, man. Freddie Mercury's a goddamn superstar in my opinion. A yeah. legend. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. They, they definitely did them. Sir, uh, justice in the in the movie and and made it well and not just try to make something to make money. Yeah, and it's so hard to believe. And I one thing I did know know already was that Bohemian Rhapsody was 
was trashed when it first came out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody was just like, what is this crap? Yeah. I mean, you could totally see why. If you step back a little bit, you can totally see why. And I admittedly didn't even know about it until the Wayne's World. I mean, I didn't. I mean, I knew the main Queen songs, um, but I didn't know about that one. I think now I may be talking out of my ass. But I want to say that it sold more copies after Wayne's World came out than initially, you know, than yeah, ever I think before. it did. Yeah, and it hit number one again after yeah. this movie came out. Yeah, like um, 16, 17. I do. Years later. My Queen story is, is I had a, a vinyl, um, and in our shop, when I was a kid, there was a stereo system, and and there was a record player on top of it. Of course, in that we had speakers that were kind of. I did it when I was a kid, <clears> climbing <throat> ladders and stuff. I don't know how old I was, probably ten or eleven. But I put the speakers like under the eave of the shop to where it would like blast out and I'd play basketball and listen to music. And I most of the time listen to the radio, but we had a few records and one record for sure I remember is the We Are the Champions record. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't that record, but that song was on there. So I'd play that song and like shoot hoops and stuff. Oh, cool. And, cool. Then, when, and then it would end. I'd run back in there. So... I mean, I shot hoops to a record. <laughs> that makes it sound really old. <laughs> so anyway, I thought it was fantastic. So anyway. it is, man. I tell and uh, one last thing on Queen, um, a song that no one ever talks about by them. That is like if you if you want your panties blown plum off, <laughs> listen to Stone Cold Crazy. I think I've heard it before. Holy shit. <laughs> No, it's just like Lexi hadn't heard it. I mean, she she has been on a on a queen kick for about a year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's listened to all these and she has all these songs she likes. But I was taking her to school, I think, the other morning. And I was she was playing one of the songs. I was like, have you heard Stone Cold Crazy yet? And she's like, I don't think so. So I pulled it up on my phone and it, my phone plays through the speakers in our Volkswagen. And I just blasted it. And she was just like... Well, like it's you know it yeah. is just like ninety miles an hour. It's it's just like white knuckle all the way through. It's yeah. such a badass song. Yeah, God dang, it's good. Yeah, I need to check it out. I probably heard it before because I a few years ago I got into where I was listening to a lot of their stuff. Yeah. So, but I I might have missed it. Yeah, and it, I yeah. do that. I do that with bands. And man, I the the movie must have done its job because when it was over, I was half depressed. Like I was just yeah. like, man. Like, you know, why isn't, why can't Freddie Mercury, because, you know, uh, Brian May, who is it, Roger, uh, I wish I could remember all their names now, John yeah. Deacon, yeah. and Roger somebody, I'm sorry, I can't remember his last name. Yeah. I but um, those those three guys, as far as I know, especially Roger and Brian are still alive and kicking. Yeah. And I mean, they're still playing music with yeah. Adam Lambert. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my but, daughter wants to, my oldest daughter wants to go to that show so bad. I think it'd be amazing. I think it he would. He does a good job. Yeah, he does. I've seen... Uh, he did this thing on um, uh, who's the late night guy? I, I like him a lot. But Jimmy he, Fallon? No, the one that comes on later on CBS. Um, I don't watch any of that. Um, man, he's so good though. Is it the British guy? Yeah. Oh yeah. Can't think of his name. I can't either. But they did a like Queen. Him and Adam Lambert, Lambert did like a Queen off. Really? And they like, and he's actually a pretty good friend. James talk Corbin. Show. Corbin, yeah. Yeah. Or Corden. Corden, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but he's actually a really good singer for a, a talk show. Uh, he, he's really a good entertainer. Um, in fact, eventually he'll have a primetime late night spot. I, oh, really? I, I predict that. He does a really good carpool karaoke yeah, exactly. with uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. And, and uh, who is my M- favorite McCartney, band? The one with McCartney's amazing. Yeah. That's a yeah. Oh, that one you almost like tears you up. Yeah. That one's yeah. like, 
amazing. So see, I just I predict I don't know what spot he'll get in. Um, yeah. You know, they won't CBS won't want to lose him, but if there's ever a Tonight Show opening or something, they probably will lose him because he'll he'll be there. So that's my prediction. Yeah, but you heard he's it here. on so dang late. I can't watch him. I, I at ten thirty, my eyes get really heavy, and I, I'm like tuning out. You know? Yeah, I'm out pretty early as well. Um, you know. Anyway, it's so. just not happening. All right, witness protection. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, if we didn't go off on tangents, it wouldn't be Dawn of Mantis. So, yeah, despite what Hollywood and TV shows tell you, very few of those under witness protection are totally like innocent bystanders. Most, That's what I was always thinking. Yeah, you told I me that I figured they're pretty scummy. Most people. <laughs> That got in that <laughs> yeah. because because I had this thought, and this isn't a tangent; it's directly related to this. Sure, sure. Um, like, what you know, probability wise, who are the people that are going to see the most shady stuff? Right. Not people going to normal jobs, staying out of trouble. You know, you're not going to see anything super crazy, right? That that and plus. A lot of times, probably these people are kind of involved a little bit, so they're taking like some kind of plea deal. Like, so yes. the cops bust them, but That's they want the guy. They want the guy up above you. Right, right, right. So, yeah. like, well, if you roll on him, we'll get you in witness protection. Yeah, that's the way I see it, and that yep. might be my Hollywood version of life. But it just seems the most logical. No, that's it. You're right. You're right. Okay, you're yeah. right on keep, the money. Keep going. Oh, okay. Yeah. You said that, like, even when you just first brought up the idea, like, two weeks ago, and you said that. And when I was doing the research, I was like, huh, I'll be damned. He was right. But, yeah, most people in the program are themselves criminals who have turned state's evidence and decided to to testify against their former uh, crime associates. This can be problematic because due to the secrecy of the program, not even local police are notified when these folks are relocated into their jurisdiction or their area. Because they don't know who to trust, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, a lot, of, a lot of cops are bought off, you know, and, yeah. and, and this is funny. In the 90s, Maine, the state of Maine, seemed to be a favorite spot for the marshals to send those under witness protection. In fact, Portland Police Chief Michael Chitwood once complained about Maine being, I quote, a dumping ground for crooks under witness protection. Although if it was that well known, you know, how secret is it? Like if the police chief was like, oh, these damn witness We might as well take a drive up there and see if Bobby... <laughs> He's living up there. Somewhere. Oh, really? Was it Portland, did he say? Let's go take a look. Maybe Jimmy the Fish is, uh, I don't know what his names are coming from. Like Jimmy the Fish. <laughs> Maybe Terry the Jimmy Tate. the Fish turned to the Jimmy the Songbird because he's uh, singing a song against us. Oh, they called him Terry the Taint because he never wore pants. He never wore <laughs> pants. He just disgusted everybody with his, with his, with his body. Psych- psychologically, being in the program has proven to be very hard on witnesses though changing everything about yourself and your life can bring on something very much like ptsd and for those who happen to be a co-parent of a child uh, whose other parent goes into witness protection unfortunately that child will also be taken and you will not be given any information on their whereabouts and unless they leave the program you will never see them again in fact, a famous example of this was uh, that of Thomas Leonard. In 1967, he went to the home of his ex-wife, Rochelle, uh, for his weekly visit with his children, and he found that they had all vanished. He eventually learned that they had been taken away by federal agents and given new identities to protect them from Rochelle's new husband, mob informant Pascal Patty Calabrese. 
It took four years for Leonard to get custody of his children, and he didn't even get to actually see them until 1975. And actually, a movie was made about it called uh, Hide in Plain Sight, starring James Caan in 1980. I've heard of that. I never had. I've heard of that, I think. So it, that's crazy, it, right? Yeah. Yeah, that is crazy. You go to pick up the kids for, for your every other weekend, and uh, they're gone, and it's like, oh, well, she ma- you know, she married... I can't even... I'm not going to come up with another name. name. He's got another name coming. Well, I wasn't going to say anything, but... Vinny um, the Vane Pascatelli. I mean, you might have think that I've always lived around here, but um, I'm actually in witness protection right now. Um, back in the late 80s, I rolled on this illegal turtle, um, Amazon turtle? Amazonian turtle kidnapping... <laughs> program where they were selling them for profits to pet stores in the United States <laughs> illegally. They were smuggling them in on uh, carry-ons <laughs> Delta Airlines. It's always <laughs> Delta. Amazonian turtle. <laughs> they want me dead because of those turtles. There's a good market there. 25 oh. bucks a turtle. Then you sell it for $100 at a pet store. That's a pretty good profit margin. When you got into your new home, did the did, did, did the U.S. Marshal say, look, don't even poke your head out? <laughs> they did. They did. Don't you even come out of your shell. <laughs> oh, uh, we're retarded. I just, I, I thought, I'm just going to see how long we can go with that. Yeah. Oh, and in, and in today's hypersensitive culture, by retarded, I just meant people who act uh, ridiculously. I don't mean, don't mean to malign anybody of any mental, uh, you know, no lacking in any mental capacities in, in any such of a way. No, you so, didn't, you, you didn't mean it that way. I would just like I to understand that. that. Okay. Yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even pick up on, um, in a few years, that'll be the R word. It will. And it's difficult to assign, you know, such it's like when you grew up, I guess it, maybe it's hard for people nowadays maybe the younger generation to, to think, you know, when we were kids, we just used that word. I never met anyone who used that word that ever connected it to someone who actually had, you know, any disabilities. It, it prob- was, it originally, it was probably thought of when it was originally coined. But then I think of like a, a, a split between the original meaning to the meaning now where you're not even thinking about the original it's, meaning. It's like this, when you call someone a jackass, you're not literally calling them a mule. Yeah. You're not. Exactly. It's just a word that, you know, so anyway. Um, I mean, it's, it, I guess it's worthwhile not using it if you can, if, um, but if you don't, that's fine. I mean, if you slip, because I slip too. Well, I, I super rare. I don't even know why I just used it just then. Yeah. I never used that word. <laughs> but I mean, I, I guess if you look at, you know, a family that, that had someone that, you know, was a, of that condition. Well, maybe you yeah. wouldn't even call it that anymore. But you wouldn't want to like say it in front of them or whatever. So, no, no, I mean no. that's that's the only, that's the real bad part about it. I think. Yeah, you know? and I get it. I get. Uh, yeah, I'm not one of those that's like ah, I'll keep saying it because whatever, whatever. Yeah, like, no, I no. It. You were just saying that it was because it's almost like the thing like when we were kids, like oh that's gay, like oh homework on a Friday night that's gay. Yeah, and see, I yeah, that's another that's that's difficult because yeah, I and, literally and, and ne- I want to I want to not say that. Yeah, and I don't say do that I. anymore. I yeah. mean, but it's just like, I mean, that's just that was terminology that for, was very common. Yeah, and I never met anybody. Well, when I was in school, I got called all types of names, and they very much did mean that. Yes, but, but yes. most of the people that would just say that, um, they the last thing they were thinking about was. 
someone who was a homosexual or, you know, exactly. any, anybody like that. Yeah. Um, Louis C.K. has a really funny bit about that. But yeah. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I guess nowadays, like I just said, I just said the R word while ago and automatically I'm like, oh, shit. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think I it's... I explain myself. I think it's worth a conversation. You know, it, I think it, if you're willing to even have the conversation, I think you're on the path to um, something better. Yeah, I think so, too. If you're, like you said, if you're like, I'm going to say that, I don't care who ca- I don't care who has a problem. No, yeah, because I said Because you didn't, you didn't, you you definitely weren't in that camp. <clears throat> well, no, I said it. And They're trying to like, take our freedom. Like, it's it's a word. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said that. No, but yeah, I get it. I get why you shouldn't say certain words anymore. I, I mean, it. I'm not going to um, fight that. The problem we have in our country and maybe any country, but definitely our country is someone can't see both sides of a debate without jumping on one side, one extreme side or the other. Yeah. They, they, it's very hard for, for a human being to say eh, somewhere in the middle's the right. So I don't have to have a strong opinion about this topic yeah. where I jump in one of these camps. <laughs> I think a lot of people, they, they might take a little bit of time to, to the wheels turn in their head when they hear about something, but then it's not enough and they jump to one side Yeah, and it's like, um, or they're like, well, my camp's over there. I'm with them. You know, I'm going over there. Like don't have a camp, be somewhere in the middle. I think about the, the tribe in Futurama. They're the neutral planet. Yeah. (laughs) Every decision is like, we'll. We'll consider it, (laughs) but seriously, I mean, there's very few, um, choices in life that are snap decisions where you have to decide right now, you know, Oh, decide right now. Okay. I decide that way. That happens very few times. And if it's something that was like that to where you had to decide right now, at least someone would, would understand if you decided wrong Yeah, because they'd be like, well, he just, they made me decide in four seconds. Yeah. You know, (laughs) most things in life you can set back and say, ah, I don't know. And you know what? If I don't know is your answer, that's fine. That's fine. That's way better than just the, yeah. Leaping to one I mean, side or the other. If you think about anything, I'm looking, I'm now I definitely am looking at your notes, but if you have a, if you think of any topic and you did a little bit of research for a few hours, you're going to have pages of notes. So why do we think we have to, to get in these, in these situations where we jump on one side and we just defend that side if you haven't done like hours and hours and hours and hours of research to, to back up your topic. Yeah. If you haven't, why do you have a strong opinion about anything? Yeah. You and know, you, and in the past and you, you're probably the same way I've had, I've had opinions like that and I've been, what's the vernacular? I've been served. <laughs> well, yeah. I've been, yeah, I've been I've walked away from conversation being like, you know, Oh, I didn't know all these things. And, um, just kind of made a jackass of myself. So yeah, yeah. I've definitely done that. Yeah. And that's just learning. That's a weird thing too. It's like, it's so strange how I guess people are going back now, like 20, 30 years to what people have said. Did you know someone said so-and-so Yeah, 25 years ago? That's exactly what I'm talking about, about not jumping on either side. Yeah. I mean, there's, I don't, I don't feel like I have to really, jump on either side on that thing. No, I had preconceived notions and opinions 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, five years ago, a year ago, two weeks ago. Yeah. That I might not have now. Exactly. It's just called learning and growing. Yeah, exactly. But it's so weird because did like, they, I would say, did they learn and grow? Yeah. There've been people who have been, who have been, who have murdered someone 30 years ago. And by now they've served their sentence and they're forgiven and they're a free man. 
But now we're going back that far and finding that someone may have used a word that's not popular in today's culture and they're still lambasted for it. And so I just think it's, we need to dial back, man. We need yeah. to, we need to just dial this back. It's crazy. You know, the whole Liam Neeson thing. Did we talk about that on yeah. the last podcast? No, I don't think so. It's just insane because he just talked about thinking. And even in the, yeah. even as he was saying it, he was just like, I'll tell the story really quick. A friend, I think this was 25 or 30 years ago, really long damn time ago. He said he had a, a female friend who was sexually assaulted by a, a black fellow and he said for about a week, uh, I was furious at all black people. He said, I I, uh, I was walking around uh, black neighborhoods, just putting myself in situations, trying to get someone to basically looking for an excuse, looking for someone to start an altercation with him so he could kick some guy's ass. Mm-hmm. He was just furious. Yeah. And in, in the interview, because I've watched it, he said, um, but thank God that only lasted like a week. And, and my senses came back to me and I felt disgusted. And I was like, oh, my God, I, I can't believe yeah. that I that I went there with that rage and stuff and 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 assigned blame to an entire race of people. I mean, he came to his senses. Yeah. And still. Yeah. Still, there is a tidal wave of social justice oh, warriors calling for his head on a platter. Yeah. I'm like, he for what? For yeah. thinking about something that was bad 30 years ago. But then almost it's immediately, sad that the real crime is that. The real, not really a crime. I mean, but he just shouldn't have said it. I mean, I I support his side and I support that he, you know, he didn't have to say any of it. No, but in today's climate, yeah, don't, he shouldn't do, don't even yeah. say it. I mean, he probably didn't think anything about it that, that they would come after him because he's trying to tell a story. Right. And if you could think long enough about it and be like, oh, okay, you know, that's, that's, that's a crazy story and it's crazy, but we got to think about mental illness and like, you're in mental anguish and you yeah. don't make rational decisions when, right. you, when you do that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's sad that he, he shouldn't have said it, but he shouldn't have said it. It's just crazy to think someone could have, someone could have said, you know, Oh, you know, 25 years ago when my girlfriend cheated on me for like a week, I just was like, Oh, women suck. But yeah. then I was like, Oh no, it was just her. Yeah. But then I bet if you even said that now, then like, you know, women's groups and just, you would just yeah, be I know. just yeah. freaking pounded. Yeah. It's just crazy. It is crazy. And it's just like hypersensitive and it's, you know, I mean, I kind of think about this. I mean, if you don't have, I think some people need like a, like some kind of project, some kind of thing to, to, get them out and rave them rant where they can like rant and rave. Yeah. So they're almost like looking for things sometimes. Well, uh, well, I'm sorry. I hit the mic. Uh, Rogan calls it rage culture. Yeah. You know, it's like that instant gratification of, and the way that I guess the way that people get brownie points now is calling out somebody for whatever. Yeah. And another thing that they've said that makes, we'll get back to the witness protection eventually. Yeah. But that makes a lot of good. I think Rogan said it once was, you know, you can tell our society has had a far too easy time getting food and shelter and stuff. When, (laughs) when we have enough time to sit around and get offended by the least goddamn thing you can think of. Yeah. Um, you know, these microaggressions, like asking someone where they're from is listed as a microaggression at some college campuses, because I can't even remember why there was, there's some like, Hey, where are you from? And that's like, oh, I'm triggered because, you know, is it because of the way I look that you assume that I come from a certain, but that's microaggressions. Yeah. There's a whole list. 
You know, yeah. it's it's bloody insane. It's complete yeah. insanity. It's insanity. Yeah. I just can't even. It's yeah. I I can't even process it in my brain meat. It's crazy. It's bloody crazy. Yeah. Um. I don't it's even know. Too how far. I, it's it is. And um. Hopefully Rogan's right. I'm not. He look. He's not my Jesus or anything. I just listen to him a lot. I know I quote him a lot. Yeah. But he said hopefully the pendulum usually will swing back the other way. So hopefully it's about to because God knows it's swung far enough in the ridiculous direction. What's hard for me to understand is some things from 10, 15 years ago that you would see on TV were like way too crazy oh, you yeah. know, for today. Oh, yeah. But then certain things today would be way too crazy then. For example, there was an episode of Seinfeld uh, where, um, let me think of what. Oh, there was a, um, I'm trying to think of the episode now. I, I just totally drew a blank. I was just watching it last night. It was actually clips of it on a YouTube channel, but it was something, it was something that said, that was said that today wouldn't work. Oh, I was watching Home Improvement the other night. Yeah. And you know, all the jokes that Tim would make about Al's mom. Oh yeah. It's all, did they use all that fabric to make Al's mom a a rain suit? Yeah. You couldn't do that. Yeah. It's just insane. Yeah. But then, yeah, it, it is crazy. It's, it's just, uh, it's just you know, there's an acceptable like zone and then there's people that want to argue what's, what's in it and what's not. And, uh, yeah. So I just think that, you know, I just think if you use common sense, you could probably, it could be a litmus test for this, not just anything and everything. Um, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. This all started with me using the R word, just throwing it out there and then (laughs) backtracking and being like, Oh wait, let me talk about that. Um, so let's go back. This is these are some fun facts I found kind of on the side while I okay. was doing the I research like on witness protection, which is what this episode is about. In case y'all forgot, because okay. we went off on our tangents. <laughs> Even if you're in prison, you can be in witness protection. You are separated from the general population, or as they call it in there, Gen Pop. Oh yeah, Gen Pop. I've heard that before. I heard that while my while my home cell celly was tattooing me with a sharpened mattress spring and some coffee grounds made into ink. You feel me? Throw you back in gin pop. <laughs> You're separated from gin pop and usually upgraded to a, a nicer cell with cable TV and phone privileges. Mm. So you get yourself in witness protection, man. You can watch reruns of The Crocodile Hunter and use your telephone. Even if you're entered into the program with a new identity, you are still responsible for any debt that you had left over from your previous identity. So you're not getting out of your you know, back taxes or your... $180,000 house note. That seems like it would be a way to find them if they were good enough. See, that's what I don't understand. How are you supposed to Paper make payments trail. that, yeah, to those... Maybe it goes through something. Maybe the government. Like a, like a CCOA type thing. Like I bet so. It would have to. Yeah. Like, yeah, you send it and then it's funneled through to the proper but place. But again, it just seems like somebody could, if they really wanted to find them, you know... But of course, I guess your energy as that mafia person is to protect like you're going through some kind of trial for something. Yeah. So your energy may not be to at all costs to find them. Yeah. I like what you said earlier, though. That's a good question. What if the person that you're testifying against goes to prison forever? But I guess because since it was the mafia... It's yeah. not like he doesn't have 25 friends that he's going to send after you. So yeah. I guess that's why you have to stay no matter what. And it might be in some cases, it might be where you, 
this guy gets the death penalty or gets in jail for 40 years and he's got family members that are equally as, yeah. you know, rarely do you have one person in the family that's shady. You know, it's like a family with a bunch of shady people. Yeah. So it's like his cousin will come get you. Yeah. Well, there's always that one black sheep. <laughs> well, that's true. We've, we, yeah. I mean, uh, it's funny. Anybody but listening. That case, but in that case, you probably wouldn't have to have witness protection because they're in jail. Right. Yeah. But anybody listening, when I just say, who's the black sheep in your family, everybody has that one guy or gal that pops up in their head. Yeah. So I have, I, you know, he's not going to listen. So I have a couple uncles that they're in and out of jail all the time. Yeah. And so it's been years ago, but I was up, you know, it's about 50 miles from where we live here. And, uh, he said, Hey, do you still have out at whatever the name of the town is? And of course I don't live there anymore. And I was like, yeah, I still do. <laughs> sure do. He goes, oh, okay. I'll see you around. I might come by and see you. Yeah. I still live there. Yeah. Stop by. But uh, I kind of feel bad for those people because what if he did? And he's like, where is he? Yeah. Oh, no, he didn't. I don't know who he is. He, I had a. He uh, done went and lied to me. I had a, uh, I guess he was a second cousin. He's basically the reason, you know, I am, I am as into true crime. I know I, I don't think I've, have I ever mentioned him on the podcast? We talked about doing a podcast episode about him, but we're, we fear. I, I don't think I'm going to, you know, it's too close to home. And so, okay, long story short, um, wait, well, I'll just do it really vaguely, but I, I have a family member who, um, I wouldn't say was the black sheep, but Let's just say that dabbled in some shady. Yeah. He just, you know, what's the old vernacular fell in with the wrong crowd or whatever. Oh yeah. But he vanished. I think it was in 1997 and hasn't been seen since. Um, and yeah, um, it's just one of those deals where, you know, at where we sit is only 25 miles. I don't mm-hmm. even know if it's that it's not very far from, from, from that area. And, uh, yeah, there's just, you know, somebody, had posted a thread on you remember um there's a website called topics Mm -hmm. and by the way it's gone now you there is no local forum oh really it's completely gone yeah Uh, if you go there and try to find it it'll say sorry we've decided to focus our energies on other whatever yeah because there's a bunch of shady stuff in there that's all it was was shit talking and just it was awful it was just a cesspool it's crazy to me when you can be anonymous how bold you get yeah (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can talk about that. You know what? And I'll say it. I'll say this. I think one of the best things, because I I think I'll get back to my family member here in a minute, but I I think one of the worst things that's happening to our society is social media. And I, and, and I think one of the best things that could happen is if, and, and I know a lot of people might push back on this, but if anonymity was completely eliminated from the internet, I guarantee you if every thing that you put every comment every opinion or every reply had your goddamn name and picture next to it your face and your actual name you had to own what you said and be responsible for it it would be a completely different landscape on there that would definitely that would definitely help but i will say this to kind of pile onto that which a lot of people are assholes on facebook with their identity yeah yeah they they're they're more liable to put it on facebook than to say it for sure. Yeah. But you're right about the, you're talking about the like YouTube comments. Oh yeah. Where you have some kind of weird screen name and you yeah. can, yeah. Um, yeah. You're looking, it's just like poop shoot 2000 and it's just this guy just, you know, sp- 
I'm coming up with all kinds of good names today. Just saying the worst crap, you know. That yeah. would change if it was like Frank whatever, you know. It's like his real disgusting, stupid, r- ridiculous name. Well, And he had to own it. The problem is here, and I've always thought this is the problem, like especially on YouTube, like um, if you were to like sing, uh, write a song and sing it on Facebook or on YouTube and, you know, you play your guitar and you sing it, um, there's someone that, A, has never picked up a guitar. And even if they, they did for five minutes and they're like, oh, I'm too lazy to learn. Not that everyone that doesn't know how to play guitar is an idiot. Don't don't get me wrong. Yeah, I that. know what you mean. But what I mean is like, they can't sing. They, you know, they listen to rap, which is talking to a beat anyway. Um, but they're going to use, leave like a scathing comment oh, about yeah. how terrible that song was, you know, or, you know, like anything like you're, but in you're right. It's just because, you know, I don't you know, because they are anonymous, you know. Well, we had a song that we posted on YouTube. Yeah. Remember that little? Yeah. It was so funny because this guy with, of course, it had like a, a picture from a movie and some different name, obviously, that wasn't his. But uh, he just, I think he it, it started out with just like, you know, you guys should kill yourselves. This is terrible or something. Yeah. And then I just put under there. Hey, we gave it an effort though. You know, sorry it wasn't your cup of tea. You know, just, thanks for the constructive criticism. I, I don't know why I even replied, but yeah. And then under that, he put um, something about, well, you should have given it more effort because you suck. <laughs> and then after a couple more, I was like, oh, you're a troll. There's literally nothing I can say. Yeah. That will, you, you're going to come back with hate no matter what. Yeah. That's just what you do for whatever reason. You, you, get joy from this and I don't know why, but yeah, there was nothing I could say or do or put on there that would, 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 you know, cause him to come back with anything nice. So, you know, I think even you got in there yeah. and said something. And finally I was just like, look, this, this is just a nowhere. It's like, arguing yeah, with the, the, wall. The, the biggest, re- the biggest problem was responding to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause that's kind of what he wanted probably, but I just don't get that mentality. I don't understand it. Why? What's the, why? What's the, where do you get pleasure from that? Where you know, I just don't understand it. It's just someone didn't teach them how to treat people, and someone needs a hug. <laughs> That's really all it comes down to. Yeah, but you know, uh, I'm super passionate about. I mean, we might talk about this shit on the pod, the podcast at some other time. But you know, there's another reason I'm incredibly passionate about why people shouldn't be able to be so anonymous mm-hmm. on the internet as so easily. But go back to the uh, yeah. We'll, we persons. might get into that some other time. But go anyway. back to what you're talking about. Why you did true crime? Yeah, the, you, I didn't let you finish that. The, the main reason is you know this this guy who was in my family vanished, and uh, yeah, well, well, I was getting to you know we'll never probably never touch it on this podcast or mm-hmm. in any in any meaningful way because uh, it's just too close to home, and I don't really you know I and someone put something on topics that said. Not yes. to mess with it. Yeah, so somebody that I I don't know who it was, really, uh, but somebody had put his name and said, I'm trying to find out information on him. He vanished, and I was like, well, this is interesting. You know, mm-hmm. Who is this person? Of course, because you know, they had a, a, a fake name, because they maybe they were concerned, but you know, there was some creepy-ass comments on there just from other folks that were just like, leave it alone, and you know, someone else being like, uh, you know, you need to just let sleeping dogs lie and just some weird stuff. 
yeah. you know? Um, and she was just like, well, Hey, maybe his mother who has since passed so, and both his parents are gone without Let me tell you something it. creepy. What? Some person that has something to do with it is like, I wonder how close people are to figuring out what happened to him. So they, Ooh, like it, it was kinda, maybe it kind of eats at them. Yeah. So they're like, Hey, is anyone, what, what are your theories on what happened to him? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Wouldn't that be creepy? You'd yeah, be like, man. You know, responding to that person. Yeah. I don't know. That just, be, that just seems like a, you know, that's a, that's a cool angle. Be like, you know, what's a good way to find out where people are on this, you know, and what people know. It's pretty crazy. But yeah, if someone's like, he's da 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 or whatever. I don't want to say, cause it's somebody that you knew, but I was like, Oh crap. You know? <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Oops. I should probably leave town. Yeah. Something like that. I should probably get in witness protection. Oh, but, wait. That didn't work for me. But that's, you know, that's, of course, even before he disappeared, I was into, like, I've always been into just weird stuff. You know, like paranormal stuff. Yeah. Just whatever. Aliens, yeah. all that stuff. But that was the first time where I was like, wait, how can someone just disappear? Like, how can someone just vanish? Yeah. And to it me, is, it is weird. I'm still obsessed with that, man. I've seen every episode of Disappeared multiple times. You know, uh, just hell, we started a podcast on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just obsessed with the fact that, man, how can someone just vanish and never be seen again? It's such a crazy notion to try to wrap your head around. Was it a Twilight Zone episode where, or was it like another show kind of like Twilight Zone where, a daughter came back. She had been missing for like 40 years and her parents were real old and she like came up out of the blue. Was it on what? On I think it might have been a Twilight Zone? Zone or something. I don't necessarily I just remember know. that when I was a kid watching it and it was real creepy. Huh. It always kind of stuck with me. It's not ringing a bell for me. Yeah, anyway. But of course, you have a better memory with, than I do on the, on the Twilight Zone especially because we talked about one the other day on the podcast and I was like, I don't remember that one. And then like the next day it clicked. It's like, wait, I've freaking seen that one. I don't remember what episode it yeah, was, but yeah. anyway, yeah, we need to get into twilight zone on yeah. one of these episodes. Let's do a twilight zone episode. Um, in the past, some families have had to relocate and change identities multiple times due to being found out. Oh, so yeah. I was wondering that too. According to ever found them. Yeah. And I didn't find any specific examples, but I think there was one family that had to do it like four times. Can you imagine? No. Four times. I wonder if the mafia would ever would ever hire a private investigator to look for something like that. I bet so. Why do you want to know? Oh, he owes me money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put him in concrete shoes. That's why. <laughs> I just need you to oh, find I, him. I got honest all of a sudden. <laughs> According to the Marshal Service, since 1971, over 18,000 people have participated in the program and have not one have been harmed while under protection. According to the Marshal Service. It's a pretty good record. 100%. Yeah. But I feel like there's like, the reason why they're harmed is because they didn't follow one of our rules. You think that came after that? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I read. Because that's very skewed data. Yeah. Like they were, they were doing everything right. And then they made a call home and then they're dead, but we're still a hundred percent because we told them not to call home. Yeah. That could be how they got that perfect record. I don't know. I was just, that's a good, that's a good thought. That's a good point. Like, see, don't cut our funding. We're a hundred percent effective. <laughs> <laughs> I did read one. I think it was a girl in Texas and I, I didn't want to get real macabre on here. So I didn't include it because the original uh, title was going to be 
um, witness protection horror stories. Mm -hmm. And I found some, but this girl was not under federal witness protection. I think she was under like state protection in Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, but her, it was from her ex-husband and, uh, he caught, he caught up with her wherever she was and stabbed, stabbed her to death, stabbed her like 30 something times. Yeah. But that wasn't, that wasn't federal. It was the Texas program. Yeah. Um, those with a criminal record who have been placed in witness protection are 80% less likely to commit more crime, giving the program a better rehabilitation rate than prison. Probably because it's like, if you, you think there's, it's contingent upon like, if you break the law and you go to jail, I mean, that's over. I would say so. Yeah. You would. Yeah. Cause why would they continue to that? I think that would be one of the criteria of getting kicked out. You know, you commit more crime. You're out. Yeah. Or, well, we can't protect you when you're in jail. Yeah. yeah. But one of them, I mean, one of the, one of the facts was, I mean, you can be in witness protection while in jail. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so you, they send you to a jail where like it's another name and another state probably. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's in a, I think it's a situation where if you're in prison already, but you have information, you're going to testify, they can mm-hmm. give you witness protection. But I think if, if you're put into witness protection and then you commit any further crime after that, I think you get kicked out. I think that would be, what should be bad. Like you spill all this information and be like, okay, solitary confinement to, for your own safety. <laughs> it's like, Oh no. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know. I bet it doesn't work that way though. I don't know. I didn't do any more research on that part. Yeah. On the yeah. being incarcerated it is a weird, it is a weird notion though. Yeah. Um, and this is the last fact I have. Uh, over 10,000 criminals have been convicted by the testimony of those under witness protection. So, I mean, I, I guess that's my biggest problem when I think about the court system. Um, and, and it, and it's probably almost, I mean, you know, there's probably some reform that could happen here and there. Obviously every system can be reformed to some degree, but I've always hated the fact that a criminal rolls on another criminal and they do like a lesser sentence, you know? So sometimes it's like five sets of people have lesser sentences just so they can get to the top person. Yeah. It's like not justice for the lower people, but I get the bigger picture that you want to get the big person because they're, they affect the most lives and, cause the most harm to the general public. Yeah. What you're saying is it is not fair. It's like, why do the severity of my crimes get reduced just because I know what he did? Right? Yeah. It's like, no, you still did all the shit you did. Yeah. But you'd never, you'd never get the person at the top because right. they're smarter. Right. That's why they're at the top. Right. They're smarter and more connected. So you have to do that. I just hate that. That's, that's the necessary way to do things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, somebody can get a new shot it's kind of like it's kind of related to this, but but funny in a way. Um, and I forgot the comedian that came out and you know, first thing, first little bit of his set, he's like, "Yeah, uh, I'm off meth for <laughs> uh, three years now," and the crowd's like starts clapping. It might have been Ricky Gervais that that did this. Oh, okay, and the crowd starts clapping. He's like, "Don't clap for that. I was a big meth head." <laughs> he's like. The sad thing is if I came out and said, hey, I've never done a drug in my whole life, the crowd would just sit there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Neither have right. I. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but instead, if, I, if I'm some kind of reform meth head, you, you guys go crazy for me all of a sudden. Yeah. People, you know? love a, people love a comeback story, I guess. Yeah. 
or yeah. a redemption story. Yeah. I remember growing up in church, some it was always, man, the people that the 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 people that everyone got the most fired up about is whatever pastor or whatever like traveling evangelist came from the worst background. Oh yeah. I, I remember. remember sitting in church and the guy being like, Listen, I went through five wives. I was an alcoholic. I cheated. I stole. I beat a man half to death once, and then I found Jesus. You and see the you see the big problem with that, right? What someone thinks they could go down that road and come back. Oh yeah, they don't think about that. That someone's I, like kind of <laughs> on edge, and they're like, "I can make some bad decisions. All I have to do is is come back from it." Because he did. <laughs> throw and that, people will love me. Throw that hell mary deathbed confession right at the last minute. I'm sorry, and then you die. Well, he's good. He made it. Here he said it before the. <laughs> no, but I was the way I thought about it was. But supposedly you you can just think it. What about the? Yeah, you can just think it too, right? If you truly mean it. Yeah. But yeah, we should go away from that. But go ahead. Okay. Well, what about the guy who was just a straight laced dude his whole life and got saved at 35? Boring. Like, why is he any less? No, no, he didn't do anything. Right. Right. He had a good family, a good mom and dad, and they taught him right from wrong. And he did everything he's supposed to do, had a fantastic wife and took care of his kids. How boring is that? I know, right? Come on. It's lame. Talk to me after you've done some heroin. Live a little. Yeah. Talk yeah. talk to me after you've, you know, let a overweight guy walk on your back in high heels in the back of a van for meth. <laughs> Yeah. Talk to me when you sold your soul for some drugs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then came back from that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wait, what? What? Where did we go here? No. So, yeah. I don't even know. Let's. Uh, right over. It just, it does seem, you know, um, there's a saying, and it's actually in my Latin, it's kind of rough in this, but adentes fortuna yuat. And it's uh, fortune favors the bold. Oh. Um, that's a little a little statue I have. It's on it's on it. It's I think it's kind of cool. But um, I think people take that too far. Being bold doesn't mean that you do something really bad. <laughs> I mean, everyone, you know, I, I think you have a good life if you're if you're good most of the time, and then every once in a while you skirt that little line, um, but you don't fall off the wagon. Right. Um, I don't think you have to have those crazy stories. You know, I yeah. still like my favorite, you know, going back to comedians, my Brian Regan thing, the walked on the moon. I love it so much because he goes, I want to be one of the 12 astronauts that have walked on the moon and you go to a party. Have you heard this? bit? Yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. And the guy's talking about, I was driving in my Maserati and yeah. the, you know, he's like saying all this stuff. And then I realized that I was late for a golf appointment. So I turned around on the. You know, it just keeps on, keeps on going. And he's like, yeah, he lets him go. Yeah. He lets him go for Shows a while. Shows him waiting while he's like taking it. Yeah. Down. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. And he's like, okay, I walked on the moon. <laughs> but go ahead with your little. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. But I walked on the moon. You know, you're talking about driving. <laughs> One time when I was driving the lunar rover. <laughs> on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, I just want to see that guy around the me monsters. Yeah. 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 Me, me, look at me. Me, me, me. Well, I walked it's, on the moon. Yeah. I don't know why I was Bill Clinton, right? I walked on the I did not walk on that moon. With that woman. With that woman. No. It's it's uh, you know, 
everyone needs some humble pie every once in a while. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, man, it's just like, um, I was about to go on a big rant about like what life is all about, but I don't see the point in that. Um, (laughs) that could be for another episode, but do you want to hear a funny random story? Go ahead. I was, I think I texted you about this. Um, and this is just a ridiculous random story. People who are listening, uh, if you're like, well, I've heard all I wanted to hear about witness protection, you can stop the podcast now, but if you want to hear, yeah, well, there went all our 12 listeners, but if you want a ridiculous story that doesn't have anything to do with it, so we're at the the casino, right? Mm -hmm. This was, uh, Friday night, last Friday night. Um, we play and we play the bar cause we're a small band. Right. And then over across the way, there's a huge ballroom over there where famous people play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I've had the good fortune of getting to meet and hang out with several famous people, you know, comedians or, you know, musicians who are playing over there and we're playing over here. And sometimes when they're done with their show, they'll come over to our show and, and stuff like Theo Vaughn actually, played a song to him in the audience, which is, he's one, you know, my favorite comedian. If no one knows who he is, he's a real funny dude. They will. He's really, he's really hot right now. Oh yeah. He's, he yeah. has a TV show in he's the hot. works and stuff. Hot, hot, hot. I got pictures of me and him hanging out on the wall right here behind me. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, and I'm not, look, I'm not name dropping. I'm, I'm a nobody who just occasionally has like met other people who are famous. Like anyone can do that. Doesn't make me shit, but I'm just saying. So what so Travis Tritt, like if anyone was listening to country in the 90s, he had like a jillion songs. I, I, I like him. Anymore. Yeah, Anymore is a beautiful song. It's a, That's good, a song. good song. It is a good song. Um, the Best the of Intentions. Cool. Is that the one with the, the guy in the wheelchair or is that the other one? That might be the Best of Intentions. I don't know. No. He had a lot of... It's not, it's not that one, but keep going. It might keep be going. anymore. Um, so, uh, you know, he had a lot of good songs. He's playing over there and I'm like, oh, cool. Maybe Travis Tritt will come over and, and uh, you know... Watch us, which that didn't happen. But um, so the sound guy calls me or no, he texts me and he's a super straight laced dude. Like he does not joke around. I mean, I've known him for like 20 years. He's just a real calm, laid back guy. And, you know, he's one of those guys where if he tells you something that that's what the hell is going on. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, well, he said it. Okay, he texts me and he's like, dude, uh, Bob Seger is over here watching Travis Tritt. And I'm like, shut your face. And he said, no, man, uh, apparently they're friends. And he said, look, we were contacted by head of security here and said, Bob Seger's in the house. And I was like, oh, my God. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. So I tell the guys in the band, I'm like, look, don't tell everybody this. So everybody freaks out or anything. But I think Bob freaking Seger's in the house. He's across the way over there. So we're like, hey, maybe he'll come over here. Well, towards the end of our set, we look down and someone said, Bob Seger's down there. And I look. And there's a guy who looks just like Bob Seger and he's surrounded. Like he's signing autographs. People are shaking his hand. I mean, I'm like, Bob Seger's down there. Oh my (laughs) God. So we do a Seger song. We do turn the page. Oh yeah. So we're like, Hey man, this is for a certain person. We do turn the page, um, finish the set and stuff. And then I go down there on my way down there. Uh, I meet somebody else who's a, who's an employee. And they say, that's not Bob Seger. And I go, what? It's like, no, man, that's not Bob Seger. Bob Seger's not here. That's not, that's a fake Bob Seger. This is a true story. Fake. And I'm like, what? So I go on out and I'm walking up to him and this real, this real 
uh, fancy, like well, real well put together lady. I may, I say lady. She may be like in her forties, early fifties or something. She stops me and she goes, "Are you going to see Bob Seger?" And she does air quotes. And I go, "Yeah." <laughs> and she goes, "That's not Bob Seger." She said, "I bought him sixty dollars <laughs> worth of drinks." He autographed, he's faking being Bob Seger. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? Is Good it, for him. Is it Bob Seger or not? I, I'm, I'm jumping on his side. I think that's brilliant. Well, no, I'm not even done. Okay. So after that. If that is the case. Another guy, this is a guy that was uh, carried up some sound equipment and stuff that works. Uh, I think he, he's contracted labor there. He comes up and he says, um, that's Bob Seger, man. I just talked to him. I said, you know, hey, man, I, the first song I ever got laid to was this, you know, it was your song, blah, 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 blah. And he would laugh. He's like, that's Bob Seger. I can't believe it. And he even pulled up a, a picture from Google and it's like Bob Seger 2018. And I'm like, and I'm looking, I'm like, God, man, I think that's Bob Seger. So I walk over and I sat down next to him and I was like, hey, how you, how did you think? And because at this point, I don't know. I'm like, it might be. I mean, you don't just, really care either, do you? I mean, no. I mean, you do if it is. It'd be cool if it was, but I'm like, just in case it is, I'm going to go talk to him. And so I was like, how'd you like turn the page? Did we do okay? And uh, he was like, yeah, you did pretty good, man. Not too bad. And as we're talking, people are still coming up and he's still shaking hands and, you know, it's, it's crazy. And uh, so I talked to him for a little bit and the whole time I'm like looking at him <clears throat> and, and like, my Damn it. I'm like, I'm, I'm two feet from him. I'm sitting by him in the booth. I'm like, this looks like Bob Seeger. And he's got a lady sitting with him. And I talked to her a little bit. Then I get up and go. And the whole rest of the night, as we're packing up our gear and stuff, half the people are coming through saying it's Seeger. Half of them are coming through saying it's fake Bob Seeger. It's not him. <laughs> it, but I'm telling you what, I almost hope it wasn't because the idea, because the whole time I was sitting there talking to him, people were coming up. It's like, man. Night Moves was my graduation song. And he's like, hey, man, I remember that. That, you know, it's like, I appreciate it. Thank you. And he was signing stuff. So you still don't know? I still don't know. I swear to I God. Mean, have you watched anything? <laughs> have you looked on YouTube to like watch to see if he's talked lately to see if it matched his voice? I it mean, you, sounds, you... yeah, it sounds like him. I looked up like five or six pictures of him on Google. I'm like looking at his teeth and I'm like, if the, if the guy is not him, uh, he's a dead ringer. He's really? a dead. The only thing is he had a fedora on, mm-hmm. but he had like the white beard, white hair, same build, same teeth, same everything. But I've, I couldn't find a picture of Seeger wearing a fedora. Even <clears throat> some of the like famous people I've met, they always look just a little different. They do. Than they their do. photos. So yeah. that's tough. That's tough to know. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, I, it's awesome that if he was just playing the part, I think that's really That's cool. what I almost... I, I mean, I, I can only be so lucky <laughs> when I get pretty old and my kids move away and my wife gets hurt of my BS to kick me out for a night or two. Um, I could only be so luck, lucky to look like a famous person because I'd play it. Yeah. It might not sound very nice. It People might, might be screaming at the podcast right now. <laughs> But I'd never say I was him. Right. But um, this guy was, though. People were coming up and saying, man, man Mr. Seeger, I've just listened to music forever. And, and I he, wouldn't do it for financial gain. I would do it just to have an interesting story. Everyone thought I was this guy. He was taking selfies with people. He got free drinks all night. You know, I know that one girl told me she, she gave, you know, she paid $60 worth of drinks for him just on her own. Probably wasn't there for the free drinks. Anyway. I don't <laughs> 
So yeah, that's just a, that's just my weird story from. So let me ask you this: <clears throat> like, if you had to put your chips in on it, just because you talk to them and the pictures and stuff like that, I'd mainly lean on the talking to them because it would act because you would be able to tell we're getting played out here. That happens sometimes. Okay, so what you're asking me is if it, deep in my heart, deep inside, do I really think? <laughs> In my Did heart this of guy, Was this guy working on the night moves? I don't think it was Bob Seger. You don't think it was? No, I don't. He didn't. But let me let me do this. Let me <clears throat> let me uh, let me dangle this carrot in front of you a little bit. <laughs> like, have you ever met a celebrity and talked to him a little bit, and you were kind of like, eh, I expected them to act different for being the dude, you know? Um, I don't know, because really, so let's go. Uh, there's a short list of celebrities uh, like you. You were with me. We hung out with the Jim Blossoms. Yeah. After a show one night. And see, I guess I didn't have in my mind what that guy would be like. Me neither. Me neither. But he was cool. Robin. Yeah, he was super cool. Um, he we, wasn't like like star. You know, he wasn't kind of like big time in us. No, not like at all. He was really cool. Um, when we went and saw Toad the Wet Sprocket. Yeah. Hung out with them. Yeah. And then there's a few comedians: Joey Diaz, yeah. uh, Theo Vaughn. Um, Jesus Trejo that I've hung out with. Um, you need to see if he's on a podcast or something. Oh, yeah. keep, keep going. Well, <clears throat> so I've, I listened to Theo's podcast and watched all of his, you know, stand yeah. up and stuff. Yeah. And he was just, he just is who he is. I mean, you know, I hung out with him for like an hour and he was just super laid back, cool. Like asking about the music and this and that. And I was, you so kind of like you expected, but I will say this, it, it's, it's a different story. Because you'd listen to his podcast and you said you even said I've listened to a few, but you even told me how he's it's just him and he gets real deep. So I feel like you knew him already in a way. That's true, yeah. Bob Seeger, you didn't know. No. I tell you who scared me. This is not that big of a celebrity. Yeah. I don't know if I told you this story, but you know, Keith Whitley. Yeah, you told me this. Yeah. Keep, go with it. It's well, good. Uh his so Keith Whitley Keith Whitley was a country musician back in the eighties. He, he he passed away way back then. Um, and he was married to Lori Morgan, who was, you know, a famous country musician and still is. And they had a, a son <clears throat> and uh, his name is Jesse. And I, I hung out with him after a show. Well, I was before a show one night cause he was his, his mother had played there anyway. People might be getting bored, but I, I like talking about this. Let's keep going. Um, and I kept looking at him cause he looks just like his dad, you know, except for he doesn't have as much of the beard. And I kept looking at him and he was going back up, up and up and down. He's like, Hey man, your band playing, your band playing now. It's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, we got everything cleared off. He sticks his hand out. He's like, Jesse Whitley. And I was oh, like, that's cool. And it just so happens. It's the weirdest timing because you know, you go through phases of who you listen to. And, and like for a week or two before that, I'd really got into a Keith Whitley phase mm-hmm. where I'd been listening to yeah. him a lot. So I just kind of like slapped his hand aside and just gave him a hug. You know, because I was like, dude, this is Keith Whitley's son. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, you know, he kind of laughed and, like, slapped me on the back and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I hung out with him for a little bit. And uh, there was a short-lived, and it may be on, still on, but I don't think it is, a short-lived reality show with, with Lori Morgan. And on the show, uh, Jesse is just pre- pretty much out of control. Okay. Uh, just as in, like, always pulling pranks on people and just freaking crazy. Yeah. Like in a funny, like, party boy way. And that was the same deal, man. He was just like, woo! He's like, get your ass down here! And we went down, and he, like, throws this bottle of Jack at me, and I catch it right before it, like, you know, knocks me out. And he's like, get some effing shot glasses, you know? And I'm just like, oh, I haven't drank in, like, two years. 
this I'm going to die. And uh, so he, you know, and my wife was down there too. And she's looking at me like, what's happening, you know? And uh, so he's like, let's get this started. And, and I was like, okay. And then I was, this is such a cop out, but I was like, oh, you know what? I left my gig bag in the car. I got to go get that. Or I'm not going to have to hold that thought. I'll be right back. And I, I ran out of there and I didn't go back. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Cause I was like, I mean, he's a cool dude. He's yeah. funny as hell. Super sweet and nice. But he's if I drink never a, had to do anything, he's probably just partied. I don't ever. I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. Maybe I, so. I guess I'm just judging the guy, I guess. But yeah. But no, I like, I, I love the way guy. I look at it. I liked him a lot and he was real fun, but I'm, I'm just saying, look, if I do 10 shots of Jack, I'm going to die. I I can't yeah. do that. I can't, no, I, I can't go up, you know, I can't go up on stage and play for three hours. That's for sure. Yeah. So anyway, I ran like a scared little girl. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do this. No. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you yeah. know what? I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking it might've been, and I wasn't even there, but I'm thinking it might've been Bob Seger because, really? yeah, just because I don't know. Imagine the cojones on somebody. <laughs> That would sit there for hours and everyone would be talking to him. And wouldn't, wouldn't you think security would come by and maybe like try to kick the guy out because the people are buying him drinks. It's just kind of weird. He was taking selfies with people. Like he wasn't hiding. I mean, I don't know, man. That's man. Imagine how brave you'd have to be. And even as he was sitting there myself and it was one of the security guys, had had Bob Seger's picture on our phones, like from Google. And we're just like looking back and forth. And even the girl that was mad at him because she'd bought $60 worth of, you know, she was, she, she brought up a picture of him. She's like, it's not him. Look at his teeth. Like that guy has a gap and this, and Bob Seger doesn't. But then I found a picture where it kind of looked like he did have a gap, you know? And I don't know, dude, it's just one of those things where I even asked our guitar player like a week after the fact, I was like, was that freaking Bob Seger? And he's like, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Such well, a Well, hey, story. so, you know, it's just like angles and stuff. It's like you're you're looking at a 3D person on a 2D screen. I mean, there is some, you know, some effects that go on there. So it's just, you know, people always look just a little different. Mm-hmm. Even when it's somebody like you've seen online and you see them in person, like not a celebrity. They look a little bit different on on you know yeah like when you're on plentyoffish.com and the girl shows up you're like you don't look like your profile picture well you know hey there's some there's some there's some science behind it i mean you gotta you look at like focal length you look like distance from you look at distance from the camera like shutter speed and all that stuff i mean you know your computer and your phone is doing its best job of you know presenting that person to you as they really look but in in a lot of cases, your phone's automatically making decisions on how it should process that image that it took. Yeah. Well, so. plus, like, you know this. I mean, I haven't been on Facebook in forever, but I remember from, it's like, oh, people that you know. Yeah. I guess there's certain ways that you can angle your phone or, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. or turn yourself and take your picture. Take five selfies. Yeah. Just, just snap, move just a little <clears throat> bit, take it. And you will look different in all of Completely. them. Completely. Yeah. Because I've seen some people, you know, you'd see someone's profile picture. And you're like, that is not what you look yeah. like. Yeah. That's not what you look like. Yeah. No. There's a little trick photographers use. They they have you look down and they're like, okay, ready? Three, two, one. You look up, smile, snap. Really? Yeah. Because they don't say, okay, smile. Keep smiling. Keep smiling. Oh, I would hate snap. that. Snap. Uh, you will look deranged. You feel like a psychopath. I mean, your smile 
after just a few seconds. Yeah. Try try to just mm-hmm. smile and hold it and like count to 10. You feel by the end of that 10 seconds. You look like a crazy soccer mom <laughs> that ran out of Prozac. You're like, ah, I'm smiling. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. You feel like you could. It's it's creepy territory to get yeah. into if you yeah. just hold so, a yeah, smile. So look, yeah, look down. One, two, three. Look up, smile, snap. Yeah. It's way more natural. Or if you want to get real fancy, turn your back and then just look over your shoulders. Boom. Like that. Well, yeah. It's for, if it's a glamour shot, you have to. <laughs> How many glamour shots have we been, all been to? Oh, too many to count myself. Yeah. So shots. Uh, <clears throat> I remember a long time ago, my sisters and my mom got a glamour shot thing done. Yeah. And uh, when you get done, they have all the stuff printed and it's laid out on the table. And isn't, isn't this a strange concept? What? Like this is all for sale. Okay. It's worth $20. This, that's worth 20. That's worth 20. That's worth 20 until you don't buy it. Then where does it go? Right. In the trash. You should tell them, look, you're just going to throw this away anyway. Yeah. But isn't that such a strange <clears throat> thing? That's true. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. I've always thought that. That is. Yeah. It's like, I've it's never worth, it's worth this for just a small sliver of time. <laughs> And then as soon as you walk out, it's worthless. Just say you don't want it and then go back that night and go through their dumpster. Dumpster diving. I wonder if someone's <laughs> ever done that before. I have a question. In their in their <laughs> glamour shots, were they wearing jean jackets and any, yes. any it was in the it was in the nineties, like late eighties, oh, yeah. early nineties. Yeah. So I can already see like the teased bangs that are up. Yeah. And yeah. the glamour shots are always really fuzzy. Like they put like they rub Vaseline on the lens. <laughs> It's like really fuzzy, really blurry almost. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Vaseline on the lens is a tried and true <laughs> trick of the glamour shot. <laughs> like it's ever, all the lines are real soft and blurry, kind of like like those old Elizabeth Taylor commercials. Yeah, that that's just that's just camera effects. That's yeah. just like um, when you put the camera on manual mode and you can start messing with some of the stuff. There's some okay. pretty cool effects you can get. Oh, you look ten years young. Yeah, if you squint your eyes really hard, you'll look ten years younger. The person will look, I don't know, I'm sorry. But yeah, that's funny. The the glamour shots. There was always the jean jackets. Now, let's bring it back to Bob Seger since the episode is about if it was really Bob Seger. <laughs> what was it? Witness protection or something? <laughs> Who anyway, cares? Who cares? Um, so, those glamour shots don't look like those people. No. Okay? That was probably Bob Seger. <laughs> because, you know, photos, angles, lighting, the type of lens, you know? Yeah. It's probably him. And I do want to say, too. My entire recollection of the story is through a lens of, so I don't remember much of the whole weekend. Oh, you were sick. Yeah, I was yeah. sick. Um, low light. It's a low light bar. Right. Smoke going everywhere. Add on to that. I was on. Uh, Barbiturates. No. <laughs> Acid. Molly. <laughs> no, but I was, look, I was drinking cough syrup. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit barbiturates. <laughs> what movie is that from? Just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'll give you the. I'll give you who it said it. Lloyd Bridges. Oh, was it uh, Big Lebowski? No, no, Lloyd, not Jeff. Oh, Lloyd. Who was it? What What movie is it? Airplane. Oh yeah, it's, dude, it you was went a, way it, back. It was a building joke. The first one's look look looks like I quit the uh, pick the wrong week to quit alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> Then it was like it stepped up. <laughs> Doesn't it get to like cocaine? Yeah, amphetamines. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so just to survive that, you know, I was drinking cough syrup. 
Um, I had the prescription meds that the doc had gave me, steroids for my throat and, and all, you know, just all these, just a cocktail. So, and it was funny because after the show, the shows, which the, the second night we had to do something we haven't done in nine years. And that was quit early, you know, cause I just had nothing left. It was, my voice was just gone. And, and I was like, I'm sorry. We just, we quit early and we went home. But a couple of days after that, I, I was texting the guys in the band and I was like, I don't remember the shows. You know, I remember the Bob Seger thing. Yeah. I was like, dude, I don't remember the shows. I remember we screwed up Stairway to Heaven. Really? I sang like the same verse twice. And then instead of the chorus went to the verse again or something. (laughs) That was kind of a disaster. I remember that, but I don't remember anything else other than Bob Seger. (laughs) It's a long song. No one knows. No one knows the format out there. I don't think anyone did. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe a diehard zeppelin fan oh god but yeah that's how that went so anyway that's a bunch of shit no one cared about but i just thought it was funny no it's good stuff hey it's free if you don't like it turn it off it is free free. this is free content it is free and and we're giving you what you pay for (laughs) yeah you're getting every dime every dime worth yeah okay well witness protection was it bob Seeger? that's enough for episode 21 happy birthday to us yeah dawn of mantis is one year and one week old that's right that's and right. uh, yeah, and many more. <laughs> and you know what we've told, we were talking the other day, and I'll do this really quickly because we probably want to go. No, that's um, right. We've you know we've obviously already um, um, evolved a little bit from where on Earth is. Mm-hmm. Now we're Dawn of Mantis. Um, this is our thirty second episode, thirty third total, and I think we're getting a little looser and stuff each time. And and you know this is it's just getting more and more fun. And like you were telling me the other day. I, d- I don't know what we're going to be doing. We're going to keep with this. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I have a feeling that we're not anywhere near what we're going to be doing in the no, next year or two. I think we're going to, we're going to, we're going to find a niche. Yeah. And I don't know what that niche will be. We've got some kind of crazy ideas coming up. Some, some different style of podcast episodes. Um, one thing I will promise you is we've had some ideas before. And one thing we've said is I've never heard that on a podcast, but that is not a negative that keeps us from doing it. We right. don't care. We don't care. Right. Like the deal where we where where we built a business uh, about make your own lamp. You ever heard that before? <laughs> nope. Damn right, you. I ain't. don't think so. And it may not have been one of our best episodes, but hey, it's like uh, you never know until you try. And I had incredible fun, uh, incredible time doing that. So that's totally fine with me. Yeah. It's like you know what? When Howard Stern back in the nineties, you know, had any radio DJ ever had you know, midgets and bikinis having bongos played on their butt cheeks. No, where he had a girl. But set he did on it. A, He had a girl set on a speaker, and he went. <laughs> yeah, that that had never been done before. I don't know. Or did, since. did Merv Griffin do that <laughs> at one point? No, I don't think so. I think my, I doubt my, it. My, my memory doesn't serve me well. Yeah, that. I doubt it. I doubt it. I hope that like we're talking about being something totally different in the next couple of years. Hopefully it's better. Hopefully we don't devolve into like, welcome to the Joe and Ivan morning radio show. And we do like all these sound effects. No, it won't matter. It won't matter because (laughs) I think, I mean, I think what we've done to this point is we've done what we wanted to do. And I don't think that'll ever change. Sure. So we might get a few more people listening and then we may do something to make, to alienate them where they drop off. (laughs) But I always think this, if you're, if you are yourself and someone doesn't like it, that's not a relationship that you need. Yeah. There you go. Um, that's not a relationship that they need. Yeah. 
So it's, God dang, that's deep. This is Dr. Phil signing out. No, that's right. That's right. No, it'd be, this is Dr. Phil signing out. That's right. Yeah. My eyebrows are up. I did a funny All joke. the way up into my bald head. <laughs> I actually kind of like Dr. Phil. I like Dr. Phil. Yeah. I was doing an impersonation of him I earlier. I like when he gets tough with people. Oh, yeah. Now, listen. This isn't my first rodeo. Now, I'm about to take you to task on this. You need to wake up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. yeah. A while ago, I was, dude, you know me, everything is a fart joke, right? <laughs> I'm going to go there. A while ago, Lexi was doing dishes and she said something and I made a fart joke out of it. And she's like, dad, dad literally every word. And I was like, you know what? We should all go on Dr. Phil and I can hear him now. Um, we have here Alexis and Jessica who say their husband is destroying their lives with his obviously strange preoccupation with flatulence. Miss Alexis, can you tell us how this it is? It sounds a little bit more like the counselor from uh, South Park. Oh, it does. How okay. that but it's good it's a lot better than mine but i had to point that out yeah that was a it was pretty good but it was like mr garrison you're kind of yeah you're kind of no no that's not right garrison was a teacher oh yeah no no who was the drugs or Mackie. yeah mr Mackie. yeah i'm sorry but it kind of it it was kind of like it was it was was going more it was honeymooning over there for a little bit and it was popping back you need to wake up yeah, it was, it was, yeah, but it was, it was still awesome. <laughs> no one, you know, Hey, even, even Dana Carvey, George senior, he didn't sound like him. Not gone that. Yeah. No, it, it was, it was like him with the, with the volume turned up, like yeah. ramped up and every, yeah, that's, 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 and he's a master. Yeah. So you did a fantastic job. Thanks, man. That's what I'm going to tell you. No, that's my Dr. Phil impersonation. I'm out for an, I'm out for now. Okay. Oh, no, I, I think you should bring that back. We should have a recurring thing where we have Dr. Phil. In fact, let's call it Dr. Bill. Huh? Yeah. Right? Right. And and we have a, a segment. We go to break. We come back. And it's like, okay, we're here with Dr. Bill. And we're going to see what he has to say about today's topic. Right. Sandra, what gives you the right to treat your mother like that in public? <laughs> See, there I went to Bill Clinton. You did go to Bill Clinton. You said Bill, though. <laughs> Dr. Bill. <laughs> oh, there it is. There's the bit. Dr. Woo! Bill. Yes. Dr. Bill. Dr. Bill. It's a Dr. It's a Dr. Phil and Bill Clinton. Oh, uh, you need mix. to wake up. Okay. See, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I, li- I like it. All right. Hold on. Hold on. I'm writing that down now. Dr. Bill. Dr. Bill. We're not going to forget this. And I'm going to put in parentheses Clinton. So later on, we're not like, who the hell's Bill? (laughs) I like it. There's so much there. I like, I like how we're doing things that would have been, would, would have been relevant about 15 (laughs) years ago. Yeah, true. (laughs) It's okay. It's It's fine. It's okay. It's fine. (laughs) Hey, there's other old folks listening to us just in our age bracket that are going to get these jokes. I still go back and watch uh, weekend update old weekend update. I recommend to anyone go back, type in Norm McDonald craps on OJ or something like that. <laughs> and it's and it's every OJ bit that he did on Weekend Update. Yeah, which was a lot. And it's like an hour and a half long or yeah. something. And the most famous one is Ladies and gentlemen, murder is now legal in the state of California. <laughs> after he was found innocent. What was the uh the Bill Cosby one? Oh, he did Bill Cosby, too. Yeah, but there was something where he was like, you know, someone said that lying and this and that was the worst about Bill Cosby. I think oh. it was all the raping. No, no, there was. Yeah, okay, you, no, do, you do it right. You're really close. Okay. But but he said, my friend said that uh, the worst thing about Bill Cosby was that he was a hypocrite. Oh, yeah. I kind of think it was the raping. Yeah. 
It's a it's a great line. It's a great line. <laughs> yep. Okay. So yeah, if you want poorly done, poorly reenacted impersonations. Yeah, that was terrible. Come here. No, yeah. they're from all of us. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're equal. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. We'll uh, talk to you next time on episode 22. This has been witness protection. All witness protection. The whole episode. See you later. <laughs>